The Defense Department is waiting for the go-ahead from the Food and Drug Administration to start distributing COVID-19 vaccines. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff says the military is ready to go once it gets that green light. But who in the military will get the vaccine first? Federal News Network Scott Massioni joins me with some answers. And aside from the FDA approval, that's really the only thing that is standing in the way for DOD, Scott? The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, said that the Defense Department is ready to go within three weeks here. Uh, as soon as they get the go-ahead, they're, they're ready to start shipping. So, you know, what they're really waiting for is the, the FDA to say that this is safe, which is an important part of the process. They're getting an emergency approval for this. Vaccines take years to develop. This is something that they've really developed in less than nine months. So they want to make sure that it's good. And luckily, they have a few options from Pfizer, Moderna, and uh, AstraZeneca. So there are some different areas where they can, you know, try and, and work this and make it possible to get people vaccinated. But you have to remember that it's going to still take a long time before we can get the, the entire country vaccinated to a, a good area. And what are they doing in preparation? And how are they establishing the hierarchy of who gets it first? Do they start from the brass on down or do they start from the enlisted ranks on up? Yeah, I don't think rank has its privileges on this one, fortunately for uh, General Milley. Really, the way that they've been working on this has been using the Defense Production Act, which is something that can be invoked during um, national emergencies. And the Defense Department has been using millions and millions and millions of dollars buying syringes, buying whatever they need to transport these things. Uh, Some of the things that are really interesting and tough about these vaccinations is that they need to be kept in extremely cold conditions. Not only that, but all of the vaccines have to be given in two doses. So you have to come back after your first dose and get the second one before you're fully immunized. So at this point, the Defense Department is saying it's going to be healthcare workers, obviously, who will get it first. After the healthcare workers, it'll be really essential personnel like emergency workers and things like that. And then finally, it will go to uh, strategic forces. So people who are working on nuclear, cyber operators, uh, all those sorts of people, uh, people on, on submarines, they will be the ones to get it first. And when it comes to the country writ large, they're hoping that, that with their prioritization, which is different from the military, is want to be very clear about that. That's, you know, the military is not number one to be getting this. They're trying to get f- about 46 million doses out there, cut that in half. That's uh, the amount of people who will be actually immunized because you have to remember the doses. Sure. You need two shots for it. I was thinking they could get maybe Mark Esper and Donald Trump into the same room and it would be so cold you could store the vaccines there. <laughs> But uh, it sure would. Now, of that 23 million that will be initially out there, how many people do we know yet does the military feel it needs to do initially? Yeah, we don't know the answer to that at this point. It's it's likely that it's not going to be a lot. You know, like I said, it's really these essential personnel, military health system, clearly a big, a big thing. The chief naval officer of the Navy, Admiral Michael Gilday, said that at this point, every military treatment facility will be getting theirs. And there's going to be 10 CONUS within the United States areas that will have the uh, the drug, and that will be the Pfizer drug, which is the one that really can't keep as long. It stays for about 15 days once it's out in the field. Now, the Oconus outside the United States, that will go to about four or five military hospitals and clinics, and they're going to be using the Moderna drug, slightly less effective. It's about 94% effective versus the 95% that Pfizer is. But it has a 30-day field life, which gives them a little bit more time to just let it ship, 
let it sit for a bit. These drugs really still need to be kept in sub-freezing conditions, negative degrees here. And, you know, that's going to be a big energy use and big pull for a lot of these localities that aren't really prepared to have extremely high quality medical facility in their uh, hospital. Probably the military hospitals in the United States have these types of facilities, like large metropolitan hospitals would have these types of freezers. But the further you get from those locations, probably the less likely it is that you can store the stuff for very long. Right. If you're on the panhandle of Idaho, it's not likely that you're going to have you know these, these high technology type things. So they're going to have to figure it out. But they're ready to send doses as small as a thousand doses at a time. So you know you can get it in a pretty small town. And that's what Gus Perna, the leader of Operation Warp Speed, has been saying. Got it. And so what is their distribution physically going to look like? Are they going to use Air Mobility Command or how will it get out that way from a logistics standpoint. Yeah, they, they haven't really said too much about it. They're going to be using really everything that they possibly have. So the National Guard has been hugely, uh, you know, this is the most National Guard that we've had deployed since uh, World War II. So you can definitely bet that the National Guard is going to be out there with lots of convoys, probably mass immunization sites once they get that, that worked out. Uh, one of the things that Admiral Gilday did say is that one thing the U.S. military can do is immunize itself. Uh, you know, they you kind of sign your body over to the military once you join it. So you don't really have much of a choice. So once they want you to have that shot, you're going to be getting it and you're going to be getting it in short order. And very quickly, the conferees have finished their confereeing on the National Defense Authorization Act for 2021. Anything that we need to know about it that might have changed since the two versions were separate? I don't really think there's going to be a lot that's going to be changed. We're going to see the 3% raise for the military. We're going to be seeing about $8.4 billion in military construction. The real wild card here is President Trump. What he wants is to get rid of some of the safe havens that big tech companies have when it comes to moderating and and things like that. And uh, they have what's called Section 230 of the 1996 Telecommunications Act. He wants that repealed. He's threatened to veto the Defense Authorization Act over that. We will see. Another thing that we've heard that will be in the act, which is something that he has also threatened to veto about, is the renaming of the military bases with Confederate names. And that's going to be happening over a three-year period rather than a one-year period, which was in the original House bill. Uh, so, you know, something that will give them a little more time to work on. Federal News Network, Scott Massioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.